What's up, everybody? It's your draft queens, Kate and Michelle, and we are nearing the very end of our conference breakdown eight mini episodes, ending today with the NFC West. But before we get into it, Michelle, happy recording day. How you feeling as we're coming to the very end of all of these conference breakdowns, which means that we are we have reached NFL training camp this week. That's where we are. I mean, like the end of one thing is the beginning of a new thing, Kate, because as soon as we finish this, we're going to do player breakdowns. And before you know it, me and you and all of you listeners are going to be drafting your fantasy teams, which is just beyond exciting. Too exciting for (sighs) us. You know, and this year, I know that we've been contemplating doing our own Draft Queens League, which may be a new development, but all of these things are going to start coming to a head starting this week and next week. Like, I mean, it's time. And everybody, listen, we may have been doing these in no particular order. I highly suggest if you have not tuned into all of them, go back, listen up. They're bite-sized 20, 25-minute episodes before your draft, you know, go listen. Uh, Maybe you're not a reader. Maybe you're more of a listener. Here, we'll give you as much good information as possible. Go back and listen. Every single conference we've broken down, no crystal ball with our own two cents, but we are bringing you the facts of who's where and what's happening. And there'll be even more to come when we do position by position breakdowns. Hopefully this can be your, uh, your little cheat sheet going into football, uh, fantasy football drafts. Yeah, and today is extra special for two reasons. Uh, The first reason is in the NFC West, there are a lot of uh, player outliers that have to do with COVID-19 and the new protocols that went in place last week. So if you haven't listened to this Wednesday's episode of Drafts on Drafts, our special segment where we talk about all things sports and culture, we break down the new NFL COVID protocols on this last episode. So go listen to that because a lot of the players we're going to talk about in today's episode are pivotal for how these teams do. So that's the first special and important thing. The second one, Michelle, which only you can speak to because I haven't been there yet, is that you are in a brand new recording studio. Tell the people what's going on here. I wish that we could really, truly call it a recording studio, but it's as close as I'm going to get in the middle of the woods in the Catskills. But yes, we have a new structure on our property specifically for me to do my recording and maybe my real job too, but really do my recording. I'm very excited about it. It currently is super bland and there's nothing going on in here, but it doesn't matter. I have the internet and I have my microphone, and I have power, and that's what we need to make a podcast. Well, uh, yeah, but you're not here with me, sadly. One day. Well, I feel like I'm there, though, because you gave me a little tour around the room just about, and it's It's all coming together really well. Well, I appreciate you for that. Well, I think with that in mind, it's time to get into today's episode. But before we do, and... I am I'm making this a thing. I think just one thing is going to stick around for the rest of the rest of the I year. Think it's, right? I personally think it's great because it really allows you to have a moment, a singular moment to talk about <laughs> whatever you want. And then we actually get into what we're supposed to be talking about for the show. So I think this is working fantastically. OK, so today's just one thing, though. And if you haven't listened to the show Just one thing is when I'm allowed to wax poetic on one thing so I don't go too far in the weeds. Oh, no. I'm not not bobbing when I'm supposed to be weaving. Like, I'll bob real quick, and then we'll get into the rest of it. 
Um, today's Just One Thing comes off of last week's episode that we did. So we broke down the NFC East. And as a reminder, who is in the NFC East? Uh, we have the Washington football team, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, what should I do for my my final Just One Thing of our conference breakdown episodes for the NFC West episode? Um, and I actually, I have a really great story, Michelle. Are you, it's actually a good one. Like, I think you're going to enjoy this just one thing. And it has to do with football. Can you believe? I do believe you. I will say you've done a very excellent job always tying your just one things back to some sports reference. So let me have it. What is it? Okay. So today's just one thing. It, it occurred to me. Remember last week when I said I have two just one things? Okay. This is the other one that I didn't get to. And I was like, this is going <laughs> to like knock it out of the park. This is such a good just one thing. Okay, so take this back to the 90s. We have little baby Kate, who, for the, I'm a 90s baby, so I was pretty young. I was like 10 or below. And at that time, every 4th of July, we had a parade, as people do, right? Did you go to a parade growing up? Like the local parade? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so we had the local parade, and then all the kids who were like 13 and under, I think something like that, 13 and under, so the parents could like enjoy seeing family barbecue, watch the floats go by, they would just put all the kids over in one section, and they did this mini Olympics. So also timely, because we're in the middle of the Olympics Very right now. timely, Kate. This is impressive. This is a really good Just One Thing. Okay, so here's the kicker, right? I didn't know that I didn't know the significance of this at the time, but I entered all competitions, right? There Obviously. was like Yeah, there was like uh, a long jump into a into a pit of sand. There was like 100 meter dash, and then there was the 100 meter crab walk. You know what Ooh. the crab walk where you go on your back like this? Love me a good crab walk. There were so many fun games, but I always touted myself on the crab walk. Like I could crab walk like a like nobody's business. Did you play crab? Just, did you ever play crab soccer like at camp or, or like in elementary school? Crab. That sounds familiar. I feel like oh, yeah. I definitely have. Yeah, yeah. That was like a kid thing though. Like for some reason, we did all sorts of permutations of crab walk sports. It's because your body <laughs> could handle it, and it was funny. If I crab walked now, I'd probably be in the hospital. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> so I would always like, I was okay. I would get like third place, second place in, in all the other things, right? Because everybody else was like unathletic and whatever. Um, and you would get an actual ribbon. So I had like many ribbons over the years. <laughs> so this particular summer, let's call it like the summer of, I don't even know, the summer of the late 90s and... I'm I'm entered into the crab walk. Okay. And uh they announce a very special judge. Like you're gonna be like they announce a very I'm special dying. judge okay. of this year. It, it's it's a guy who was from my area growing up from near Oradell, New Jersey, uh, and was a head coach of multiple a former head coach of multiple American or different NFL teams. Okay. And so he was the head coach clearly for that the makes Giants. Him an, that clearly makes him an expert in crab walking. He's an expert. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, you'll see. Head of the Giant, uh, head coach for the Giants, Pats, Jets, and Cowboys. Wow. So like very timely coming off our NFL East episode. Do you have any idea who this might be? 
He's now 79 years old, so you know who this is. He was like a big coach for us growing up. Jimmy Johnson? Not Jimmy Johnson. That's only the Cowboys. Oh, man, I don't know. I'm the worst at coaches. Okay, here's the last hint, and then I'll tell you. His nickname is the Big Tuna. Oh, my gosh. Bill Parcells. No. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I got it. <laughs> wow, I'm so impressed. That was like, you you actually got it. Wow, well done. <laughs> so Bill the Parcells. crab walking was... expert. The tuna crab walking expert, Bill Parcells. Well, let, let me tell you something, though. So Bill Parcells is in town for this 4th of July thing. He probably did a float or whatever. He ends up, they end the floats near where the kids are playing, and he comes over to judge them. And That's so he's hilarious. the head judge. And I won the crab walk and Bill Parcells pinned a blue ribbon right on me and said <laughs> I did a really great job. <laughs> wow. That is that is timely on so many levels. Is there a photo of that somewhere? You and Bill Parcells? Because if so, it needs to go on our on our IG immediately. You know what the shame is? It's like that was during a time when we didn't have cell phones like across <laughs> true, the board. And so uh, unless someone had like a point and shoot or like oh a Polaroid, I don't I don't know if there would be a picture of that. But I will ask. And if there is, you'll see it. Oh, yeah. That's that is a very interesting, fun, timely sports relevant. Just one thing. I, I'm impressed. Nice one. Thanks. Well, unfortunately, and that you, has nothing to do, nothing to do with the teams we're talking about today. It's but fine. it's kind of cool. If, if you can't find a photo, then maybe me and you can just recreate some crab walks and put it up on uh, socials for folks to see what we're talking about. I mean, I would definitely get some DQ blue ribbons. I would. <laughs> I would. Oh my gosh! Well, Kate, thank you for another riveting. Just one thing. Truly, these are very special moments that we have every week. I hope our listeners are. are enjoying it. And to roll right from just one thing into our final conference breakdown, we're talking NFC West this week. I think last year, I remember when we did this, we were both like very excited about this this conference just in general. I think they did yeah. not disappoint. Um, and I think I'm equally as excited again this year. So um, who's in the NFC West, you ask? Uh, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. Those are your those are your teams. And as Kate and I always say, before we get into what we think is gonna you know go down this year, it's just important to look back at last year. And like I said, I think we were really excited about these teams and this conference being super competitive last year. And honestly, if you look at the standings and you look at their um, their uh, records at the end of the year, I think it did prove to be a pretty exciting one. Um, you, you have this, the Seattle Seahawks finished in first, uh, with a 12 and four season, awesome season for those guys. Uh, the Rams were in second 10 and six, another winning, another winning team there. Uh, the Cardinals who I was really high on last year, and we'll talk about them, uh, going into this season and what it's going to look like finished at eight and eight, as I said, good old 500, you, you know, right, right in the middle. Um, and then the 49ers who were plagued plagued, plagued, plagued with injuries, um, were six and 10. So, uh, you know, we, we joked and jested about the NFC East last year where no teams finished at even 500, 
this team, this this conference in particular, two teams over 500, another team at 500. So all to say an exciting one in general. There's a lot of offense. There's also some interesting defensive developments um, in this conference. And they're just really competitive and exciting to watch. They proved it last year. And I, I truly think it's going to be an exciting one to watch again this year. It has to be because as we get into it, I mean, maybe we start at the top here. Let's start with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, really spoiler. I mean, this team looks incredible from, from my vantage point. I think everyone, I'm just wondering really when Russell Wilson will win a Super Bowl and could it be this year? Every year I ask myself the same question, because if you look at this lineup, you look at these starting, you look at their starting receivers. You look at Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. They just drafted someone, uh, Dwayne Eskridge as those are their three wide slots. And there's probably a reason that those are so stacked. Um, and not to mention, I trust the head coaching of Pete Carroll to an extent. So if you're looking at their wideout position, if you're looking at their running back, Chris Carson, if you're looking at their fearless head, their, Russell Wilson, I mean, what's not to like? I really like the Seahawks across the board, and I feel like I have for a decade, but I can't figure out, Michelle, why they can't thread the needle. I, I know. It's a really interesting one. I agree with you on Every single account of everything you just said, there hasn't been a ton of offseason moves here. They've kept Tyler Lockett. Um, obviously, they, they re-signed Chris Carson. You still got Metcalf, Russell, everyone that you talked about. Um, there was one interesting signing on the tight end perspective. They did pick up Gerald Everett, um, Everett, I should say. I'm sorry. And I think that could be a, a solid addition for them. Obviously, it's always you know, all hands on deck watching the wideouts, but I think that could provide a little bit of opportunity in the tight end position. The other thing that I found interesting, and I'm not much about, you know, knowing too much about the coaching staff. I I know Pete Carroll, obviously. I feel the same way as you do. I've never seen a guy that's his age with his knowledge. He runs around on the field with the guys. He's so freaking enthusiastic. I absolutely love him, and you could tell that the team loves playing for him. There was just something that I had picked up when I was looking at changes to the roster that I thought was interesting. Um, They've named Andy Dickerson, the run game coordinator and Shane Waldron offensive coordinator. Do I know those people? No, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I do all that it sparked in my brain was to your point, they're, they're finishing in first, but they're not winning Super Bowls. What is the issue here? They did not make a huge, you know, change to their roster. So I'm just wondering if perhaps this switch up on the offensive side is maybe the spark or something that they need to get over that hump because they're having great seasons. They have great players, but they're not bringing home the ring. That's right. And, and to even punctuate that further. And the reason that I feel that this season, as any other season, like I'm never down on the Seahawks. I'm not because I feel good about them. I feel incredible about some of the weapons that they have. Incredible. They're a great offensive team. I guess uh, where my apprehension sometimes comes in for the Seahawks is A, uh, their defense, obviously, and B, something that you noted, Michelle, is is the crowd. I mean, this is one of the loudest stadiums when it's at full capacity in the entire league. And I can imagine that the morale was not quite the same it, last season, you know? Yeah, and maybe exa- that's, exactly. that's certainly not all of it, but maybe it's like those things that we see less of, the coaching staff, the crowd, 
people pay less attention to defense. Let's call a spade a spade. I mean, it's those things that exist, but maybe are not fully locked in to make this the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I think going back uh, to, you know, a pre-COVID world where the fans are going to be there, it's going to be loud, and and I think that's going to make a big change for them. So, as you said, I'm always high on the Seahawks. They are so fun to watch. They've got tons of amazing fantasy guys, which we'll get into when we go, you know, position by position. But they're, they're fun to watch. There's a lot of strength there. I think getting the fans back there is going to make a big difference, you know, for their defense. And, you know there's not much to change, you know, there's not that much to change. They just have to find a way, you know, to make it, to make it all the way. And you know what? Maybe they'll do it for their captain, Russell Wilson. Who knows? I hope so. Let Russ cook, as they say. As they say. Uh, who, do you mind. Want, who, who do you want to talk about next? Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say we should talk about the Rams. Um, because uh, this is a quarterback that we are not as jazzed about, but was a signing in the offseason in Matt Stafford. Uh, do you want to talk Rams? Yeah, we could talk Rams. I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit, um, you know, when we talked about Jared Goff and him going to Detroit. I personally still think Detroit made it out, you know, in the better end of the deal there. I don't think Matt Stafford is bad. I just I just like Goff. I don't know why. I could be totally wrong. I, I might know. be in the minority. Um, but that's obviously the the huge offseason, you know, change um, for the Rams. Um, and late breaking, this just actually happened last week. Uh, star running back Cam Akers is officially out for the season due to injury. That is a huge game changer in this conversation, in my opinion. I could not agree more. And uh, as much as I, I'm, I'm excited for Daryl Henderson being able to step up. But just in general, this team, if you look at it holistically, it's a lot of um, a lot of moving parts. And, uh, you know, even a coaching staff, starting with Sean McVay, that I was very excited about at one point, but just losing weapons and Cam Akers is a huge loss. Um, it does actually, if we're talking fantasy, leave a really nice gap in that for Daryl Henderson. I think he's going to be very good and a great pickup that maybe fewer people are aware of, but you know, didn't really do it for me last season with between Cooper cup and Robert Woods in the wideout positions. And now it's kind of a wild card with how Daryl Henderson does. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Michelle. Not feeling like super confident about this team being led, especially by a brand new quarterback to the organization. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I, smaller note, but they did sign Deshaun Jackson. I don't know. He might be past his prime. He's really only good mm. for a couple boom or bust plays, you know, every now and then. Um, it is worth noting, though we don't normally talk about defense too much, there is Jalen Ramsey on the defense. Everybody knows him. Everybody fears him. You know, I think that helps, you know, rally uh, the team on that side. Yeah, it's, you know, again, I think the Cam Akers thing is a big letdown. He, he definitely had some injury problems last year, and Daryl Henderson was able to step up. Um, and do fairly well. Um, but I don't know. Can he take it all on his shoulders? That remains to be seen without having, you know, the, the possibility of Cam. Um, and there's really nobody else strong in that backfield. So you got to really hope that Daryl Henderson can A, pick up the slack, and B, hopefully not get hurt because, you know, losing losing your number one in Cam Akers is tough. And look, I've said it before. I think Matt Stafford is solid. I just... We'll see. Let's see how he settles in out here. Maybe he just wanted to get out of Detroit. Maybe he'll maybe he'll light it up out here. And yeah, I think Cooper Cup needs to step it up this year as well. We'll see how that goes. 
We'll see. And um, just one last asterisk before we move to the next team here. Um, but one thing to consider, and it's a really good consideration to mention Jalen Ramsey. One thing to consider, and again, listen to our Wednesday episode of Drafts on Drafts, but Jalen Ramsey is is outwardly non-vaccinated. So that could totally foil a game or a season, uh, depending on how that all shakes out. Um, again, not here to judge anyone for their choices, just pointing it out that there are really strict COVID protocols. And if Jalen Ramsey is non-vaccinated, um, yeah, just assume what you will. So that's just an outlier for the Rams. Similarly, if we move along to the Cardinals, um, it's worth, it's worth talking about that there are other outliers in, in that mix, but to start Michelle, um, anyone, any off season moves that you've seen from the Cardinals that are especially exciting or, or anything to that end. So I was super, super bullish on the Cardinals last year. I think finishing eight and eight was a letdown. I definitely think they should have done better. And I do feel like they'll do better this year. Um, they, they did make some notable, actually a handful of notable offseason moves. Uh, first and foremost, they signed James Conner uh, to a one-year contract coming over from the Steelers to be their running back. I think that's a huge ad for them. Um, they obviously signed JJ Watt. I think that was probably one of the biggest stories that broke in the off season. Uh, they agreed to a two year deal. He's stoked about it. The franchise is stoked about it. I think that is a big, big, big game changer for them. Um, defensively. Um, they also added Malcolm Butler in the cornerback position. So again, they're doubling down, you know, on the defense, their offense is clearly very strong. And speaking of them being strong, in addition to adding James Conner, they added AJ Green in the wide receiver position. So now you've got Kyler Murray, who is just Kyler and he's dope. And I think he'll settle in. He's still young, but I think he'll settle in. Now you've got James Conner in the backfield. You've got AJ Green in the backfield. Um, you obviously have, you know, these names like from last year on this team, you know, hello, DeAndre, you know, like there, there are all these people on this team that I think already were faring extremely well. I think these additions on the offense and the defense are massive for this team, not just, not just positional, like having JJ Watt is going to make your defense better, but it's going to make your entire team better. He's just that guy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, man, like you just look at this and I I just think, you know, all, all ships are rising in Arizona this year, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and not to mention just to like close out some of the folks that we don't think of uh, in the same vein sometimes as a DeAndre Hopkins, but gotta gotta consider that there's even the folks who are here to prove themselves on the roster. The Christian Kirks of the world, Chase Edmonds, who is an incredible running back weapon. And so there's just a, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Now I alluded to this when we were talking about the Rams. I didn't want to say it straight up and, and blow the punchline, but DeAndre Hopkins, man, he is like number one right now getting gaslit on social media uh, after tweeting that he was concerned about getting the vaccine and he felt pressure to get it from the league. Um, so j- another thing to consider, and and really I think that the stakes are much higher if we're talking specifically about the NFL in this conference and ultimately the Cardinals season given what happens with DeAndre Hopkins and if he does indeed decide to get vaccinated or not. And that could start to just tick off games if people are totally. testing positive. Yeah, totally. 
Totally, totally agree. But we'll, we'll go back and listen to the, our other episodes so that you can hear more about that. But I, uh, I feel really, again, I feel bullish again on this team. I was bullish last year. I think these are some incredible, um, you know, ads that they've, that they've made. And, uh, if Kyler can keep it, if Kyler can keep it consistent and you add someone like JJ Watt, who's just got that, that captain mentality, I just feel this team is going to be should and will be well over 500 this year. I agree. I agree. Which leads us to a team that we don't, I don't, I honestly don't know if they'll be over 500 this year. I don't know. Um, But there's a lot to get into here with the San Francisco 49ers uh, led by Jimmy G and also now having signed Trey Lance in the off season as their number one pick overall in the draft. Um, Quarterbacks are pretty, pretty solid. Uh, We also added Josh Rosen from Tampa Bay. So, you know, like that's a one, two, three punch in the quarterback position, depending on how the season goes. Now, you touched on it earlier, Michelle. Um, These folks were plagued with injuries last year. Ended at six and ten. I think I had them last season of Draft Queens winning the Super Bowl because I really think <laughs> that all these folks are great. They're great. But yeah. um, it just didn't go their way last season. So um, I don't know. This one's a coin toss for me. But again, I feel like I could get bullish on them if they stay healthy. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, you touched on some of the past throwers. How about some of the past catchers, right? You got George Kittle. Hello. Number number one, hello. number two tight end out there. You know, and and then I'm looking at their wide receivers. So they added Travis Benjamin in the offseason, which I think is awesome. Uh, they have Brandon Ayuk, who's in his second season. We talked a lot about him last season. I think he'll continue on the trajectory from from last season into his second season for sure. Uh, they've got Debo Samuel, as long as he can stay healthy. You know, Mohamed Sanu. So there's, there's a lot of great pass catchers on this team now provided, you know, that, look, They had issues in the quarterback position last year. Hopefully the draft and Trey Lance helps that this year. Hopefully Jimmy can stay healthy, et cetera, et cetera. But there are plenty of guys on this team that are capable of catching the ball. Now, outside of catching the ball, I mean, we talked a lot about Raheem Mostert last year. Awesome, awesome running back, needs to stay healthy. Jeff Wilson Jr. stepped up a bit. Um, They do have a rookie in Elijah Mitchell this year in the running back position. So it feels like they're stronger and healthier than they were last year. They, they, there was, look, I'm looking at their roster and there's a ton of guys photos that are, you know, trades, you know, from in the off season. So the, uh, the 49ers are, 49ers have been busy in the off season. And I, you know, I think looking back at last year, you know, at a six and 10 season that all they can do is go up from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did we mention, uh, Wayne Gallman? The second oh, from the yep, Giants? They, exactly. They added Wayne Gallman as well from in the running back position. So you know. I think they made some good additions. You know, they were they were bullish, you know, on their on their draft pick. There was a whole lot of discussion about them, you know, trading future picks and this and that to make sure that they really, you know, were up there to to help kind of rebuild in the quarterback position. So, you know, let's see. There's a lot of great names here. I think the injuries were what destroyed them last season. I I don't think it was the players. I think it was the injuries, you know? I think so too. I feel the exact same way. And so I think coming off of last year, it's hard to judge this team because it was not the same team. You know, this just was not the roster. And so... With I that don't know in mind, how to rank these, Kate. Now I know we're at the these? part where we rank them, and I'm a little bit stressed out because I just, oh my goodness gracious, like I don't. 
I, I know. know where I stand, but it's a hard it's a hard division to or hard conference to actually rank because it just is. You know, All right, these are these st- are four great teams. Do you want to start at the bottom or the top? Bottom. She wants to start at the bottom. All right. I think even I think even though the team is solid and provided everybody st- stays healthy, I still think they'll do better than last season. I have to put the 49ers in last. Okay. Um I am I think we're about to flip-flop on our bottom two. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the Rams just cuz I can't okay. sign off on the 49ers so quickly. Um yeah, I think I'm going to go 49ers are in third. Yeah, and then I, the Rams I have it, I would have it the other I would have it the other way around from from you. I just I do think that the core of the Rams is a bit stronger than the core of the 49ers. That's why I would flip-flop those two. But yeah. hey, I don't the 49ers are definitely going to be 500 or better. Every single team in this division should be 500 or better. Yeah. I think I, I I do agree with that, but in any case, I I think I'm totally in the same boat that these two are the bottom two. Are the bottom two? On, yeah, yeah. I mean, based on the amazing lineups between the Seahawks and the Cardinals, and again, I'm stuck. Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'm stuck. Like, I I'm going Cardinals in the in the top spot. Oh here. my god! Like, I just am. Like, I don't I don't know what my affinity is toward this team. Like, I have no ties to Arizona. I have no ties to Kyler Murray or anyone. But I just I like the decisions that they've made, and I like that the I like the players that they added. And I think eight and eight, in my opinion, didn't reflect the team i think they're better than that and and will be better than that this year and like i said it's not just personnel on the field it's it's personality like jj watt and these like that to me is a huge huge ad for them and it 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 means they want to win because they had they didn't have the right defense before oh you're convincing me i so badly want to say the seahawks but but the cardinals on paper are the better team on paper, they're the better team. I don't know. They might not even be. It's just my gut tells me, my gut just says with the moves that they made, they were really like on the nose about what they did. And I think that it's just going to elevate them uh, and make them even mm-hmm. more competitive. Just for the sake of, I don't want to be arguing through this entire ranking. <laughs> I, I think I feel the same way. Just know that I'm very conflicted about this. And if the Seahawks came out on top, I would not be shocked at all. I mean, look, this could be 1,000% totally wrong. Like, again, no crystal ball. We go through these. We're riffing on it. This is just where my head is at. Again, I don't know what my affinity is to the the Cardinals. I also love the Seahawks. I don't. This is just a – I love this conference. I think there's a lot of talent and a lot of fun teams to watch. And I think every single time, you know, we talk about this in the conferences, these teams all play each other twice get your ass in a seat and watch these teams when they play each other, mm-hmm. because it's going to be very exciting and competitive. We might be totally wrong with the way we're calling it. That's okay. We're just giving you our opinions based on what we're laying out for you. And now that we are at the end of this episode, we have the very exciting privilege of saying that we are getting into training camp and thus heading 
full speed ahead into August for fantasy football season. So from here on out, stay tuned on Fridays, stay tuned on Wednesdays. We are talking full fantasy and football on Fridays from here on out at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, So tune in as always. And then we've always got our Wednesday episodes to talk about all the other fun things going on in sports. Um, But Yes, Michelle, anything else we, you want to add here? I'm just going to tell you all that starting in August, like Kate said, we are going to run through every single position, give you our Cliff's notes, give you our, give you our opinions, whether you agree with them or not, that's totally okay, just our opinions, but we're going to go through rankings, we're going to look at all the different positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, hell, even defense, because you know what? Talk about the defense. Everybody's got to draft a defense. That's fine. We're going to literally roll these out once a week, every day, in the beginning of August. So get excited. Let's go. And I can't end this episode any better. You know where to follow us on socials. See you next week. <laughs>